Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, hot off the press of AEW Revolution, it is us, your WrestleManiacs, sponsored by the Sideline Junkies, coming to you from the mothership along the way with Anchor FM. As always, it's your boy, the People's Choice Don Rodriguez, joined by the one, the only, Nubian Sumo, the James. What's up, bro? Huh. Dang, you this going, has dang, been an interesting really? interview. You going? You're just going. Oh, come on, man. We got a new. Will we call him a Le champion or just champion? We'll, I guess we'll, we'll get there about uh, AEW Revolution a little bit later on in the show. But since this is a, a super week, we had Super Showdown. And then we had AEW pay-per-views. So two major pay-per-views by both, we'll just call it, warring brands happening at the same time. What a crazy February week it's going, leading into, well, I guess, well, it's a leap year as well. So I guess they, they figured they might as well just throw everything in a kitchen sink and a Moxley and a guardrail and a super kick party and Goldberg all at a set at the same time. So, speaking of all of those things, a couple of them are going to be relevant to what happened at what I like to call Pyrofest, a la Super Showdown, out there in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. So, Thursday, good day to have a pay-per-view, I guess. February 27th, we were graced with the Super Showdown. Surprisingly, no Hulk Hogan, which the rumors uh, were saying that we would see him in some capacity, but we did see another potential Hall of Famer later on. The show had seven major matches and a couple extra that they added in, I guess, to just fill up time because they didn't have enough going on already. Uh, we'll cover the picks and all that stuff on who actually was the biggest wiener when it comes down to Super Showdown and Revolution as well a little later on in the show. But James, the first question I want to throw out at you is not about the trophy gauntlet match which at one moment I did think they was going to start Truth of Mania, but yeah, that didn't happen. Uh, most important thing is how do you feel about... Yeah. <laughs> how do you feel about The Undertaker winning the two-hour trophy gauntlet match facing AJ Styles and what technically was a dream match, but it became a squash match at the same time? So I kind of have mixed re reactions to that just to let you know, but let me know what you thought. Well, if it wasn't for the fact that it was setting up for WrestleMania, I'd be mad. But being that they're setting this up for that matchup for WrestleMania, I guess it'll be all right that he won the trophy. I mean, I don't see where they're going to go with that trophy. I mean, last week you said that they were going to try to maybe make that like a significant thing for them that like their special title or special trophy or whatever but you know it was a decent way to bring in the undertaker to start that um to get that match started so we'll see how it goes you know they got to be they got to build it up they got to build the match up and that was a decent way to do it so we'll see how it goes I feel you on that. Now, I will give them some props. I like the creative 
when it came down to how Truth beat Bobby Lashley by the quote-unquote fluke or about how he beat the returning Andrade with uh, a circumstance of sorts, how he beat Rowan, but then it came up to AJ and that was pretty much it. So we got meme fest out of AJ Styles before Taker came out because originally it was Rusev, but it's heavily rumored that Rusev bowed out for whatever particular reason. We haven't got exact clarity as to what happened considering that Lana was actually there for a moment with Lashley, but then it was supposed to be Rey Mysterio and then Rey Mysterio did his part of getting jumped like normal uh, as, as of late. And then the confirmation of the Undertaker actually being in Riyadh came to fruition, and there's a choke slam, and there you go, almost reminiscent of when Goldberg beat Brock Lesnar. Uh, spoiler alert uh, <laughs> for the future of this uh, this uh, recap. But remember when Goldberg just came in, spear, spear, one, two, three, Taker just uh, choke slam, and you're done. We didn't even get the the, the tombstone, so that made me to wonder is was Taker 100% or was it like, look, Mark, we just need you to go over. You're going to do uh, the choke slam, which I know for AJ, I wouldn't care. I'd do the honors for The Undertaker. Hell yeah, what all day long. I'll take the rub from that. But for for Taker, is just go out there, do the choke slam, stick your tongue out, one, two, three. We'll bill you as forever the first one of this new trophy. However that works out, but. Well, they weren't going to make him do a whole bunch of work anyway. I mean, it's the Undertaker. I mean, less is more when it comes to him. So, you know, they uh they're going to save all they're going to save all that for uh all this build up that they got to do, and 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 save him up for WrestleMania. So they're not going to make him do a whole bunch of work. You know, they did just enough for him to show up, for him to hit him with the choke slam and and get the win. You know that was that was enough for for that particular um, situation. Yeah, I agree. And then in the midst of all that, we had some some I guess we could call lettuce, tomatoes, and onions <laughs> in the midst of the sandwich of Super Showdown. So we had Bailey versus Naomi, Corbin versus Roman in the steel cage, the New Day versus Miz and Morrison. And Seth Rollins versus the Street Profits, who actually, congratulations to the Street Profits, to the best of my recollection, got their first major pyro hit in their career of being brought up to the main roster. So congratulations to them in the midst of Pyro Fest to get a nice considerable chunk of pyro was pretty awesome. But between the SmackDown women's, the Steel Cage, the Raw and the SmackDown tags, which one of those four matches really jumped out at you that it, it was like, okay, this was actually worth watching. Not no disrespect to anybody else, but which one captivated you to the point to where you're like, I, I just have to see what this finish is going to be. Uh, I would probably have to say the new the tag team match, you know, but none of them really had I mean they, they they kept my interest enough to where I wanted to see who the winner was, but it was lack all of them were lackluster. And plus the fact in looking back at it, I mean, what a way to end Black History Month. And I'm gonna leave it at that. 
we did have some black history. Not only was it the first women's championship match in Saudi Arabia history, but that was an African-American female in that match. So that's black history. Yeah. New Days have had multiple championships. So, you know, the only way you get multiple is to lose some. So now we'll be saying the eight-time championships. I'm quite sure they're going to restructure it so that with Xavier Woods possibly coming back sooner than later, which will put Woods and I'd probably still say Woods and Big E as tag champions and free up Kofi. So that, that could be a thing, and that will give Miz and Morrison and the Usos some time. So that's helping black history. Why you got to be so negative, man? Street Profits. They got their first pyro. They out there doing their thing. All the black folks <laughs> lost. <laughs> at least, at least it's not as bad as we gonna show a nice little pump you up scissor reel for Ricochet, and this is why I deserve to be here. And next thing you know, ladies and gentlemen, oh, the match is over. Like, what the right. hell? That like, god dang. Wait a minute, let's rewind. I had to rewind. I'm like, now they made me lose they, my, they made me lose my bet. Yeah, they're like, I, y'all trying to make me believe. No, they trying to make me believe, <laughs> to be more specific. You know, I'm like, oh, my gosh. Ricochet may have it. No, not really. Not really. Okay. Thanks, Brock. Appreciate you uh, bringing us back to reality on that one. So we'll just move on to Drew McIntyre. Poor Ricochet. But at least he was there. I give him credit. At least he was there. Now, what yeah. really got me on the what was there, because we all doubled down. Like, we Wesley Snipes doubled down, always bet on black type of double down uh, for the Fiend winning against Goldberg. We thought Goldberg was just there to be the transitional to, I thought, would take her being rumored there. That's where he would show up or, or something was going to happen to set up for the next evolution leading towards WrestleMania of the Fiend's creative direction. Nowhere was I expecting, and I was watching this because of the time of day it was on the East Coast still, by the time we got to that match, uh, I was picking up kids from school and everything, and I took my son to get his hair cut. So I'm sitting there with, the, with my earbuds in, just watching, trying to be quiet. So that these people don't wonder why the heck I'm just looking at my phone intently and just staring at the, the barber. Like, look, man, just hurry up, get this boy's hair. It's not that big. We shouldn't be taking this much time on this. And then Goldberg wins, and I pop. And I'm not popping like, oh, my God, Goldberg won. I'm popping like, what the F just happened? Right. And they're looking at me like, what the right. heck is wrong with you two? And I'm like, you don't understand. Nobody foreseen this happening, which, to their credit, I'll give them the high five and I'll give them the props for creative for making a decision to say, Hey, we're going to do something that's going to shock the world. Now, but, but the way they did it, yeah. the way they did it. I mean, all this work that Seth Rollins and Daniel Bryan and anybody else who's in been Miz. in the ring with him, mm -hmm. all this work that they have done is just gone for naught. On four spears and a and a jacked up jackhammer. Yep. I yep. mean that was I all was that like, no selling from the fiend. All that no selling <laughs> that he did with Seth Rollins, and 
making him making him so invincible, and then turning that match into a five minute match. Are you See? kidding me? Are you having a fire escape? Uh, a fire alarm? Do you have to exit? <laughs> no, nah, I'm good, man. Somebody are, are you probably. Sure? Yeah, I'm sure somebody probably overcooking they dinner or something. I don't know. I know what that was. What See, <laughs> KG talked sorry about the, it last week. Sorry for the extra effects, but, you know. No, it, no we know it what happens. it is. You are expe- experiencing what we've experienced in a year and some change doing this podcast and speaking the truth and speaking craziness about Vincent Kennedy McMahon. He has cut us off. He has interrupted the show in different ways. And now he is manipulating your daggone smoke alarm. Now, if you burn to the ground, we know that wasn't Vince. But if nothing else happens, that's messed up, y'all. Y'all, go, I mean, people are running out right now. It is crazy. It is pandemic. Nobody God. going anywhere. Stone Cold, no one. Nope. you killed them. You <laughs> killed them. No one is going anywhere. <laughs> you know what? Just out of curiosity, that remembers that time that we was down in the the kitchen at the ESPN Zone, and then you looked at me. Because I was trying to get my Cajun pasta. You said something crazy. So then I just go ahead and take the frying pan, pow, right upside the head. Then you take the dish, bust it upside my head, and then we going back and forth. They're not paying attention. So the burgers are cooking. The the smoke signal goes off. And people in the restaurant area and uh, the studio grill like, what's happening? Do we need to, to evacuate? It's like, no. These fools is just putting on a match in the back. Now, it went to a, a double DQ because if we didn't stop, we wasn't going to get our lunch. So we just had to stop. But the principle of the thing is, that's what that reminded me of. <laughs> Facts. No. Fake news. Why is it always fake news with you, man? Fake, fake news. It was election day in South Carolina. Nobody even, see, are you sure? Is that, the, is that Why the... you always lying? Why <laughs> you always lying? Oh, oh my goodness. God. <laughs> Do I hear the fire department over there, man? No, you don't hear anything. Did some little kid stick his tongue on a pole outside? Is that what's happening right now? Out here. That would be funny though. I would have I would definitely <laughs> go outside for that. Yeah, you marked for that. I bet you would. I would tell about that time. Well, about me, you, and the poll, but we're not going to talk about that because it involves strippers and stuff, and I, this is a family show. Right. So. You still got that sequence outfit you were wearing that night? Hey, man. I, I just actually refolded it back up the other day. You see? Still fits under that dazzle blue. You better stop playing with me. See, <laughs> I recognize the truth. You keep hiding the truth and acting like this stuff that I'm talking about don't happen. But I digress. Yeah. We're going to roll back to Goldberg yes, defeating please. the Fiend. Kind of like I defeated you in the sports arena uh, we talked about uh, two weeks ago. But uh, yeah, 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 unexpected, to say mm-hmm. the least. More Very unexpected unexpected. than Angel Garza and Humberto having a match. More unexpected than Dolph Ziggler and Mansoor having a match. Or more unexpected about the fact that Mansoor actually was being booed by his own people because they know because they know that he's a token. Yeah, like 
Next he's year he needs to lose. He's actually gonna he's actually gonna be beating all these people that he's beating. I mean, they made they let him win the battle royal few, right. a, a few years ago. Then what was last year's match? I don't even remember what last year's match was. Uh yeah, it, that exactly. I don't remember. Right. So then they keep they keep bringing in this token Mansoor who you only see in Saudi Arabia. I mean, you Wrestling. might see him, you might see him a couple of times in NXT or whatever, but you and he did that uh, pre. She did the uh, pre. He did yep. a pre-show for uh, pay-per-view a couple about a month or so ago, but you don't never you never see him. Yeah, I agree. Now he did do a great job on that, and he was he getting did, the cheers because uh, Justin Roberts was the, the heel in that scenario, and my girl Charlie was, whew, and that, that's all we're gonna say about that. But, yeah, I agree. Whoever he faces next needs to beat him. If nothing else, for the heel build, like, he needs to go up against Baron Corbin. It needs to be a squash match. Like, you think he may have a shot type of thing, and then, nope, we just go rip that out from under him and just beat the hell out of him. Just because. Because otherwise, you're destroying his career for the, I'm the first, whatever, and I'm going to do a speech. No, man, you just need to catch that L. And apologize and say, next Super Showdown, I'll do better. But you won't see me until then. <laughs> but next right. Super Showdown, I'll do Up better. Six months. Yeah. <laughs> a year, right? <laughs> exactly. It's like yeah, he'll, uh, he'll be he'll be Brock for the for the title or something next next time. Oh my God! The whole no, place no, 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 just... no. What they're gonna do is what they're gonna do is they're gonna make up a title for him that he can only defend in Saudi Arabia. Well, I mean, come on, man. we had Andre has a battle royal. They're naming stuff off of mountains now. And now they're going to give him a title. If they do all that, they might as well just let him wrestle AEW. And then don't talk to him like they did Vicky Guerrero. But that, <laughs> again, <laughs> I digress on that. But overall, if you had to give Super Showdown a grade, A being the best, and it wasn't an F show or anything like that, would even... uh. Uh, 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 well, we'll say between A and C for for overall. What would you give it? Well, and you can throw pluses and minuses in there if you want to. I ain't mad yeah, at you. I'll give it a. I'm gonna give it. You're saying C is the lowest, or C, you're yeah, C is the lowest because it wasn't a bad pay per view. I mean, it wasn't a bad pay per view. So I mean, you can, you know, like I said C as in general. So you can go C plus and up. We'll put it that way. C plus and up, then I give him a C plus because I was gonna say C minus. Damn. I mean, it was, come on. I mean, it's Damn, a throwaway show. I at least gave it a B plus because that was some some nice moments in there. Bailey actually, in my opinion, established herself a little bit more into her heelness. Now I don't agree with what happened on SmackDown. Sasha Banks coming back, and now we're all lovey dovey. I know I talked about her heel turning on. Sasha on my wish list, but beating Naomi in the way she did with the, the typical heel finish, I thought was actually smart in that direction. We all picked Bailey anyway, nothing against Naomi, but I don't think that that is the build and the time for her to win the championship at Super Showdown. Um, Miz and Morrison was, well, I was the only one to pick them because I just saw the writing on the wall. Uh, Buddy Murphy did a great job in his performance, and I said that the, the hope for Truth Mania, because I'm like they're not gonna let Truth 
beat Andrade. I knew he was going to beat Lashley because they set that up. But I'm like, he's not going to beat Andrade. Okay, he beat Andrade. He's dead. No, he's going to beat Rowan. Like I just saw that currently. He's gonna. There's going to be some contact with the cage. Maybe there's something in the cage and and it's going to hit Rowan. And if it, I'm thinking Snake or something at that point or whatever. And then Rowan's going to just fall. But it was a count out thing. So like either way. But I, I really was hoping for Truth to actually win that battle royal. No offense to Taker, but you got his his uh, twenty four episode, which was phenomenal. Yeah, that was um, coming that was. after that. Why not give him the rub? Because you can't be like anytime Vince needs somebody to go, we're gonna take him. But yet we're not gonna let him win the the trophy named after a mountain. Really? Yeah, I figured that would get. I would figure they would go ahead and give him the rub because I mean, like I said, exactly. these shows with this Saudi Arabia show is a throwaway show. It doesn't really lend to anybody's storyline, really. I mean, they exactly. they did something with this one, but usually, I mean, it's just fodder for the next Raw. Now you keep talking so, bad I mean, about Vince over there. That thing getting louder. You keep talking bad about Vince. I'm talking bad about Vince. See, it stopped for a second when I was saying that. And, and it just he, kicked back in. <laughs> it, it hasn't stopped. Oh, okay. Maybe it just got quiet for a second when I was talking about Vince was the greatest thing since sliced bread. See? 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 Oh, see? And you started thinking something negative and then it kicked back in. It didn't come back in. That's just I, me talking. It comes out. It, it comes off when I'm talking. So You ain't got yeah. to lie, Craig. You ain't got to lie. I'm just saying. Give me my win. You know what? Yeah, fine. <laughs> <laughs> he gonna have to fire me to my face. He gonna have to come over here and fire me to my face. How about that? Uh, well, shoot, might as well hit the music now. No chance because he ain't coming <laughs> over. <laughs> He's gonna send his stunt double, uh, well, aka my, Pat Patterson. Let me, let, me ask, let me ask you this. Maybe you know because I can't figure this out. When did Zelina Vega cut off Andrade? Well, they 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 had the cutoff, but then they turned it around and and rescinded it, technically in a commentary. So I think that may have been a commentary slip from just saying former, but then now they're like, no, that's he's still under her managerial skills because they've got the the tag match coming up on Monday. So we're gonna have Andrade and uh, an Angel. Going up against Humberto and uh, Rey Mysterio, right? I believe, or, or Humberto, yeah. or somebody. So yeah. she needs to go. They need to go ahead and start making, giving her like a stable or something. You know? No, they can't do that because I'm telling you, man, she be looking like she's with these people. She can't be coming out there doing all those Zelina Vega moves and gyrations and motions because she be looking like she's with Andrade. And I'm like, hold on now. You know Charlotte's man, right? Now she's looking like she with him, Bert. I mean, uh, with uh, Angel Garza. I don't know who he's dating, but it's the principal of the thing. So in the background, well, Alistair Black got his butt whipped. So I guess she's fair game now. Like, well, anybody else want to get with Zelina? She'll make it look like y'all together too. Mm-hmm. Even Lana, Lana thought they was together. So I mean, hell. <laughs> Well, maybe if she's standing next to me, that'd be a whole other story. Like, yeah, thanks. I appreciate that. <laughs> so, in a nutshell, that was the super. 
That's the showdown. So now the big question, because we did have two pay-per-views in the same week. The my I believe it's the first time we've had two major shows of substance that are not your traditional Raw, SmackDown, or Dynamite and NXT. We actually had some some officially produced things. The question is, who won the week outside of the pay-per-views? So I'm just going to give a, a, a quick hit on some of the major points that happened on Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and AEW. And then, James, I'm going to ask you, since you are the harsh critic that you are, and by harsh, I mean sticking in the mud. Um... <laughs> <laughs> See, the alarm went off, and as soon as you called me a stick in the mud, it came back on. So, yeah. Because so... the alarm is like, yes. 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 The fire department there yet? Actually, they are. See, I told you they didn't kill you. Stone Cold. Stone Cold. Stone Cold. By God, he's burnt. That's gotta be Kane. That's gotta be Kane. (laughs) (laughs) And then after that, here comes Teddy Long. And you know what, James? This Friday, you're gonna face the Undertaker. The <laughs> team match. Yeah. Uh, yep. Holla, holla, holla. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Teddy Long and the last day of Black History Month player. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Oh, President, for the extra Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, God. So let, let's go ahead and bring it all the way back. And by all the way back, we're jumping up into Cantonadia in Winnipeg to start off with Raw, which we all know the biggest moment of Raw was whether or not the tension was going to be there in the crowd to chant CM Punk. No, I'm joking. To chant Chris <laughs> Jericho, since that is his hometown, which there was a couple Y2J chants, but nothing at the level of uh, let's disrupt the show type of thing. So we open with Randy Orton setting up the, the thing with Kevin Owens. So we all know that the Matt Hardy thing is like, Matt, you just got bitch slapped basically because Kevin Owens can survive this whole thing. So that's set up for the main event. We talked about uh, uh, Garza and Zelina and Humberto and all these other lovely fun things. Uh, Ricochet doing his I can hopefully beat people that are large so that way I could beat uh, Brock Lesnar. Yeah, that didn't happen. Paul Heyman did his normal when it comes out to hyping up the fact that he's given a, a spoiler, which he's back on his win streak again. Drew McIntyre had a loving interview that really reached out to the crowd and made them really want to see him beat Brock Lesnar. R-Truth had a interesting kind of interview with Bobby Lashley and Lana. And then we had the obligatory contract signing that starts into a big old beef with the women's elimination chamber between Natty, Oscar, Liv Morgan, Sarah Logan, Shayna Baszler, and um, uh, Ruby Riot. And yeah. I love Oscar. I love what Oscar did in there. That, that, that was... That, Oscar popped me on that. <laughs> yeah, I, I like the... At first, my issue with Oscar and Shinsuke Nakamura and uh, Kyrie Sane 
no issues with where they come from, but the level of talent that they are, they're not going to break through the plastic ceiling if they can't cut a promo. With the exception of now Asuka showing that she can be the rule breaker. Because everybody else, they're trying, and then it's just not coming across to the U.S. audience in a way that it's menacing or it's it's strong. But when Asuka speaks, and I don't know what the hell she's saying, but it's like, God dang it, she sounds like she's going to kick somebody's behind and kill them. She's just going off, yeah, 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 we're going out. like, what's this damn video game? <laughs> and then they just stand there and they're like cutting a promo back and she just goes off again. Like, you do that thing, Oscar. Give her the belt back. Not going to happen, but it's the principle of the thing. So, that was raw. On the NXT front, we're just going to jump all the way down to the most important thing on the goddamn card. Charlotte Flair, who doesn't go there, and Bianca Belair. I wanted Bianca to beat Charlotte to set up for the damn triple threat so they could be facing each other at WrestleMania so Bianca could get the title and a crowd would be all in for it. Apparently, you pissed somebody off, talking some craziness, and they had Charlotte win. And then how do I know it was a setup? How do I know that they was mad with James? Because for some reason, while Charlotte's over there about to put Bianca and the dag on figure eight, Rhea Ripley comes out to her entrance music. Let me say that again. Rhea Ripley comes out. Now, Bianca's getting her ass whipped. Rhea's coming out to her entrance music, stops to hit her mark. Meanwhile, our girl is in the daggone figure four. She's still Rhea hitting her mark, waiting for the music thing to hit so she can do the stomp. So that the pot, the lights could go off and everything is crazy and her music's at the right spot, blah, blah, blah. Like, are you running in to help, Bianca, for NXT solidarity? Or are you doing your damn entrance? I, I have no idea. If you're just doing entrance, get your behind in the back. Because Bianca shouldn't have lost that damn match. Period. Well, why, would, why, would Rhea, why would Rhea help her? Because it's, it's NXT Solidarity, just like when they both beat down Charlotte the Ooh, first that time. That was a one-time. That was a once-off. That ain't happening. Yeah. They still she could have came down to the ring at something. But, James, she stopped for her entrance. She oh, did I her dag on entrance. That makes yes, no sense. She sure it's did. Like, who made that call? You come out, you walk down to the ring. The, the heel, they stop, and then they y'all just start beefing and talking back and forth. Bianca's hurt. She plays that up. You cut to uh, the, the credits or, or whatever, the NXT logo, and you're out. Not make sure you hit your mark. Because it looks so awkward. I'm like, what the hell is she doing? Is she really standing there? Is she, is she really going to do that? Oh, my gosh, she didn't stop. And then she tugs on her jacket. And that really... Come on, man. Come on. Not happy with that uh, treatment at all. That was NXT. Because everything else, yeah, we could just glance over. AEW, on the other hand. (laughs) 30-minute, well, I guess we can call it 40-minute Iron Man match. Pac versus Kenny Omega. 
Holy moly. Holy moly. That finish, I wasn't happy with. I knew knew it was going to be a good match, but I didn't think it was going to be that good. That was that was a good match. It was great, but I could have did without the Young Bucks. They really had no purpose there. Because now, nah, see, if you if you paid attention to what was going on when they were in Japan, they seconded every match that Kenny Omega has ever been in in Japan. So they would, so they were out there pretty much on that same thing, you know. Trying to trying to back them trying to back them up back him up and second him. Yeah, but that's the that's him. the Bullet Club. Plus what plus is- plus plus you have to realize that was also setting up their match against against each other because you know they're still cool with Kenny, but Adam Page is not really with them and. They're trying to still show that they're still cool with Kenny, even though they're getting ready to try to take their titles from him. You know, it, it, it plays up the storyline also. Yeah, and I thought about that. But in their interaction with it, every time Kenny went down, here they are hovering over Kenny Omega to make sure he's okay. And it's like y'all are hovering over that dude like y'all are his protectorate. Let him have the match. Now, on the flip side... That made Pac look like King Kong because there's three people on one side and he's out here putting in his work on the other side. And the only reason why he lost is because he caused a DQ that gave Omega the first point. If he wouldn't have done that, he would have won the match. But he's a heel, so it's like, hey, take the cheap shot, take the DQ, I'll get the win down the road type of thing. It went to... Uh, expire time, and then we went a little bit further in. Kenny Omega gets the win. Great match. But, in my opinion, we could have done without the Young Bucks being out there. But then also, you got the next evolution, which set up for the payoff of everything that they've done with Orange Cassidy leading up until tonight, or last night, considering that we're now into Sunday, with uh, Revolution. So Pac and, and uh, jumping Orange Cassidy, which led to Orange Cassidy's first match, because uh, Cody said that the magic that Orange Cassidy creates and the excitement and, and the crowd control and just the superstardom that is still being realized in AEW with Orange Cassidy, to have him wrestle on Dynamite and just a match, or even in a when they were doing triple threats to have him actually do a full on progression of moves wouldn't make sense. It had to be an explosion. It had to be something large to get the big payoff out of that character. And when we get to the reactions for revolution, I think that was exactly what happened times 10. So Uh, you're saying orange Cassidy is an attraction. Yes. There's only, truthfully, there is three main things you watch AEW for right now. Well, before tonight. First one, Le Champion. You want to hear Judas. You want to see if they're going to sing it all. You just want to see what Chris Jericho is going to do. It's Chris Jericho. That's period. Second is you're going to mark out for Cody 
his entrance and that whole MJF scenario because that was just a, a compelling storyline. And three, when you hear that Best Friends music hits, you just want to know what the heck Orange Cassidy is going to do and, and what he's no-selling and, and everything else. Then you just build the show around that. Sorry to say, Moxley supporting within that, uh, those scenarios. MJF supporting within that. The tag team division supporting within that. And the women supporting within that. But those are the three major pillars of viewership right now. If Orange Cassidy went away because he was injured, we'd have a problem. Period. Mm. In my opinion. The MJF Cody thing, when we get to it, it ended in a way that that will keep that going so that way we can still have Cody involved in something until it transitions into him versus somewhere else. And then Chris Jericho, it's just Chris Jericho. That's just the staple. That's the pillar that is not moving in the center, holding up everything. It's strong enough to hold up everything, but you still have the other ones for just-in-case support. Because it's still outdrawing WWE, uh, even last week, by 100 to 150,000 viewers over NXT. But that's just me. That, that's just how I see it. I could fast forward, but the moment best friends come in, as much as I like uh, um, Trent and, uh, oh gosh, it's Chuck Trent and, and Chuck Taylor, yeah. Oh, oh, I always forget about Chuck, man. That's so bad. <laughs> like he's named after shoes, but that, that's <laughs> that's a whole other situation. Speaking of, they battled the butcher and the blade again. Well, we did talk about this uh, a couple weeks ago on how AEW's two things that they can solve their biggest opportunities is they need better storylines in the tag division, and it's looking like they're going to need some strong storylines in the women's division because they are very lackluster. And you really. You have nothing driving you. First thing they need to do is get rid of that toy belt. Please do, yes. Nala <laughs> Rose, the native beast, looks like she's wearing an armband. She can't even put it on. No. I don't still understand. We're going to unveil the belt. I can't wait to see. I know it's going to be great because Jericho's belt is ungodly amazing. And then, oh, you made a belt for Rio. Is she never going to lose this? Because she's the only one that can fit it. It's even too small for Britt Baker. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just think about that. It's like the other smallest petite person that you have that could fit that is Britt Baker. And it's too small for her. No, nah, you, you got a couple, three other Japanese wrestlers that could, no, you know. They're bigger than Britt but... Baker in the waist. Britt is skinny. Too thick skinny. Like, even a girl that looks like uh, Prince Ali, Mary is he, Ali Obaba. She has got a little bit of Ooh. more weight. <laughs> uh, that was uh, Yuka Sakazaki. She oh. has got a, a bigger waist, or at least with all those clothes on, than Britt Baker. Sorry. That's just me. I mean, like, if, if Big Swole won that, I'd be like, is that a, what are you going to do with that Swole, for real? Like, just... Put it on your knee or something. Don't even, you can't have the swole, swole, and his little ass belt. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. They need to give that to Riho and let her keep it and then yeah. get a new belt. Yep. They made it for her. 
So the other major I mean, friend thing is the one who designed it, and she can't even wear it. Testify. Like, heaven forbid, they'd be like, oh, we're just going to put the belt on Awesome Kong. I think Kong's like, no, nah, dog, that ain't happening. I'll just take some be- some people's hair or something, but you're not going to give me that little-ass belt, considering the size of the belt that I rocked in Impact. Right. No, you're not going to give me the Constellation Prize. You get that from Figures Toy Company. Shout out to Wrestling Superstore. You, uh, <laughs> did you get that from them? Is that for the, my action figure? No? Okay, get this crap out of here. And last but not least, in my opinion, a major thing of AEW is how over Aubrey is the ref. Oh, yeah, they're blowing her up left, right, and sideways. Huge pops. I'm like, and my she is God. The, she, is the, she is their... Um, I think the girl's Jamaican. Heffner. She's, what, what is the, uh, what's the name, first name? Who's Hugh? Hugh He's there. Hugh, she's there, Hugh Hefner. How's she becoming Hugh Hefner? What should we be doing that I don't know about? They, they, she's, she is the head referee. Oh, she's the head referee. Earl Hebner, huh? Earl Hebner, yeah. I said Hugh. I said Hugh. You said Hefner. You said Hugh. You didn't say Hebner. You said I didn't say Hebner. No, you said Hebner Hefner. with an F. I said Hebner. You said I heard an F. So when I heard an F, the first thing I'm thinking about is Hugh. Because I don't well, know how about, any other. How about I give you another F? F U. Y'all didn't say F Hefner. Ruthless <laughs> aggression. Get the F out. How about that? Get no, the okay. F out. First yeah. episode of, well, was that second episode of Ruthless? I'm no, it was first episode of Ruthless I'm Aggression. I'm keeping the F in. Uh, well, you know, we'll see. Well, then I guarantee you, with somebody like your boy John Cena. And we need to go into that, too. <laughs> <laughs> we need we, to go we, back. Well, we, we haven't gotten to SmackDown yet. So we're, 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 getting to smack, we're getting to SmackDown now because AEW is done. So that, that's three shows out the way and uh, deciding. Now, mind you, we just covered two shows for WWE, one and only show for AEW. So this will be the third for the WWE to determine who actually won the week. AEW in one show or three shows worth of product on the WWE side. So SmackDown, we opened with Goldberg. As a heel, technically, on a level of booze that he was getting. And he played it really well, really smooth. And then we had Roman get the, the biggest pop, in my opinion, I've heard since he said he was in remission. Right. That was crazy. So Well, they immediately established that, that, he, that Goldberg was going to be heel in this situation. They immediately took care of that situation. So, yeah. Yeah, especially when we found out Macaulay Culkin canceled his WrestleMania plans because of what happened and Goldberg winning the belt. Naturally, my first impression, I didn't take to Twitter and say this, but I'm just thinking, who? (laughs) Like, like, is somebody still home alone giving a damn about Macaulay Culkin right now? Is he still on drugs? Or did he? I thought he got off, but like, who really cares? Now, if Kim Kardashian was like, yo, me and Kanye not going to uh, Mania, I'm like, oh, snap, y'all have done something wrong. But Macaulay Culkin? Like, is somebody just going to punch this fool in the mouth or something? And I may go after they bust him in the eye, I'm going to go watch Home Alone 1 again. He is WWE Mark, so, I mean. I mean, that's cool and all, but it's like, really? Come on, Macaulay. You've been seeing this a long time. 
you've been around the block a long time with the WWE. It's WrestleMania season. If you don't know what's happening, you're a moron. You're no longer a Mark. You're a jabroni. To ca- I'm canceling my plans. That's like, oh, man, LeBron moved. I'm going to burn my jersey. And how long did it take you to work to pay for that jersey? And you're just going to burn it. Really? Just, just, yeah. So, let's talk about SmackDown. <laughs> Goldberg comes out. Roman gets the pop. That sets that up. Roman is next. Nice to know that you can just walk up to Goldberg and become number one contender for his belt and guarantee you a slot at WrestleMania without having to do anything in the Elimination Chamber. Wow. Must be nice to be Roman Reigns. (laughs) What's the purpose of the EC if he just gets a free ride? Just saying. Bailey versus Naomi 2, which ended up becoming Bailey and Sasha versus Naomi and Lacey Evans. That's one of those, in this instance, why? Kofi versus Robert Roode, why? Uh, Intercontinental Championship contract signing, really, why? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Daniel Bryan versus Curtis Axel, which the why is to build Drew Drew Gulak's brand as he's managing Axel and a couple of the superstars, he Slater and Daniel Bryan is, I guess, the rubber, the rub maker, for lack of a better term. And we'll see why they continue to underutilize Curtis Axel is still beneath me. I don't get it. And Drew Gulag is getting free TV time just because. But why? Mr. Morrison, hey, hey, ho, ho. They could have came up with something better than that, yo. Uh, <laughs> Uh, talking about or discovers that first tile defense is in the elimination chamber match. I'm cool with that. And then now I fast forwarded all the whys just so we could get to John Cena. At first, I'm like, okay, he is hyping up the crowd, being Super Cena. Now he's saying, not he's retiring, but he's stepping aside to be part of WrestleMania. I'm thinking. Well, to not be part of WrestleMania and let the young generation come. But I'm thinking, who was thinking about John Cena to be in this year's WrestleMania anyway? I wouldn't even expect him to be there. So, y'all just tell I me was. For I mean, what? He's, doing the same, I he's the, doing the same thing that The Rock is doing. He got he got shows coming out. He got movies no, coming out. I wouldn't and expect him to wrestle. You know, I not? figured he would be the host. Which the host no. is always, welcome to WrestleMania. The attendance is, and that's all we're going to see you for. What I originally heard was, like I said last week, what I originally read was was that he was supposed to have a match with Elias. Yeah, but now, if we remove that from what you heard, looking at the, the layout of everything with The Fiend and this and all these other things, pre-Goldberg, shocking the world type of thing, were you really just even thinking John Cena and WrestleMania in the same sentence? Yeah. Really? Yeah. You don't have The Rock. You don't have The Rock. You got Undertaker that's going to be in the, in there, but I mean, he's not going to do but so much with um, AJ because AJ's going to carry that match pretty much. I mean, they need they need star power for WrestleMania, so why not give John Cena a match? And he has a, and when's the last time he wrestled in a match in WrestleMania? I mean, it's been a while, but I think well, the last time was when he proposed. <laughs> That's going to be funny. 
Uh, <laughs> flashback, yeah, Cena. Will you marry me, Nicole? Now it's dang, girl, you didn't got fat. Oh, you're pregnant. <laughs> yep, didn't do that one. That's the one time I was a super. You want to give her one, so hey, she had to do what she had to do. Heck yeah, she's like, well, I ain't got time to play around. If I'm retired, somebody better come and hit come Artem like Indiana Jones. Da, 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 da. He just <laughs> flew in there with his whip. And then that was it. We're pregnant. Like he probably got uh Brie pregnant just to make sure it was at the same time. Like, Daniel, I got this. Don't worry about it. I know you'll be gone. <laughs> you got the contract back. I'll handle the light work. And boom, he two for one. That's how hard he oh sorry, I was about to say something. But <laughs> see if I <laughs> clean this. <laughs> he created one and it was so powerful it affected the other one. <laughs> That's the cleanest I can put it. <laughs> Oh, Lord, we're a family show. Sometimes we're a family show. <clears throat> but, yeah, for me, I wasn't expecting the Cena to be involved in it. But then, as it started drawing out, I started connecting the dots to be able to draw the picture. And then I'm like, why are they dragging out for the last four minutes of this daggone show, John Cena? And, you know, he's acting because you could clearly see he was acting. Mind you, as well, they had a Fast 9 commercial before he came out. There's your rub right there, too. And then The Fiend shows up. And I'm like, oh, okay, I guess we'll have The Fiend versus John Cena. So I'm expecting Bray Wyatt to carry the drive, direction, and the hype of this match. No offense yeah. to John Cena, but it's just traditional Cena. He's going to phone this one in in reference to what we're getting. But Bray is going to carry the situational storyline. Yes, yeah, Cena's going to come out. Six moves of doom. Bray's going to chin him. He's going to be like, why? <laughs> yeah. Going to the next match. Now, I would have been okay with Bray beating Goldberg and then Cena beating Bray. Go ahead and say something. I'm, I'm waiting for you to hate on that. You Roman beating Goldberg. No, no, no. Cena... Bray beating Goldberg. Bray beating showdown. Goldberg. And showdown. Cena... No, yeah, yeah. And, and Cena... Beating Bray at Mania. Why? Because that would finally give us heel Cena. Why? Because it's why too not? late for that. It's never too late. It's too it's late for what? Why? He should have turned heel before he started making movies. Why the hell is Goldberg the, the current champion? I'm talking about too late. Like really? Another run? They did. They did that to set. They did that to set. The reason they get the reason gave they 38, gave thirty-eight days as a championship now. <laughs> the reason Guaranteed. they gave Goldberg the belt is so that they can have a more realistic finish or match with Roman. Now they messed. They messed that up completely because they buried Bray pretty much. Right, with Goldberg beating him the way he beat him, I mean, he'd have been better off wrestling Brock. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, the way Brock beat Goldberg, and if a goal, and, and with all the um, no selling that Bray's been doing, and then for Goldberg to turn around and beat Bray the way he did. Yep. And unfortunately, we know who made that call. Because I know Bruce Pritchard, just seeing how his booking has been, would have called that differently. So that was a Vincent Kennedy. Get ready, your alarm's gonna go off again. Uh, <laughs> that was a, <laughs> no, maybe mine will go off. <laughs> He's probably outside. Like I'm gonna pull this lever. Say it again. <laughs> Say it. Say it now. Unbelievable. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah, that was a Vincent Kennedy call right there. They could have. They could have done better creatively than that. They, they should have done better creatively with that. I'm not in agreement with it. You got a lot of you got a lot of people out there who are especially like folks like Bully Ray who are saying anybody who is upset that Goldberg um, won doesn't know anything about wrestling and just wait for wait to see what happens. Uh, I know what's gonna happen. So I mean. I mean, I'm cool with the the, the, the shock. Right? I like that. It's just, like you said, for as much work as Bray Wyatt has put in to that character and the creative, to, to destroy that in that way, the irony of it is what a, twi- a Twitter, um, a tweeter, whatever you want to call it, uh, messaged out about that situation in reference to the same parallel as Scott Hall with the cattle prod. And then uh, Scott Hall said, well, yeah, I guess I might as well dust off my cattle prod. Like, in other words, saying, I guess I got a shot too. Right. <laughs> and then Xavier exactly. was like, can I borrow it first? <laughs> so, like, I mean, you got the you just got gave the it to him. You got the rock coming in from out of nowhere. It hasn't been in the ring in seven years. And all of a sudden, he gets a title shot at WrestleMania. I mean... What is the difference in keeping the belt on Bray? Mm-hmm. He still he still goes after John Cena, or he wrestles Roman. Yeah. Make it a three-way. They could have done it as a, a DQ. They could have DQ because uh, Bray would have done something, uh, hit him with something. They could have did the large mallet, and that would have caused a DQ. Nobody would have been uber mad about that because they just wanted to see Bray be Bray. But the moment, yeah, it's yeah, interesting. But I know I know there's a, a vision. We'll see what the the Monday and Friday treatment's going to be on that vision. Because Goldberg's going to play a good heel. That's I have no worries about. That. He doesn't have to talk too much. He can just play it up. And really, it's almost like turning back time to his first ten matches. When they were trying to interview him, he was getting booed because nobody got it. Nobody understood what was happening, what it was going to become. And we we're like, okay, this big old Jack dude that can't talk. And they're trying to interview him. And he's just breathing heavy and, ah, you're next. And we're like, yeah, nobody got time for that. What's the next commercial? Because I'm ready to see what Burger King is doing on sale again. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> I'm serious. But now... I'm trusting, and there could be something, but we'll know immediately. 
because Elimination Chamber it, is not going to be the moment where it's like, oh my goodness. But in a related story, have you noticed that apparently Fastlane is out? Because we're, I believe, 35 days away from today is WrestleMania. Yeah. Uh, so if we're 35 days away and you have the Elimination Chamber in two weeks, you can't do another pay-per-view. Right. Before Mania. So they just nix Fastlane. So we got no car trailer and all that other stuff. It's just EC like it used to be into Mania. And there we go. So it's kind of interesting that it happened that way. So we've covered Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and AEW. So the big question to you now, Nubian Sumo, is who won the week? Was AEW's one show, which Kansas City was their hottest crowd to date, was that one show strong enough to beat out the three shows under the WWE umbrella? I'd have to say yes. Oh, my God! And why would you say that, kind sir? Enlighten the people. Well, it was more content because they were setting up for tonight. The matches were more interesting. I mean, especially with the 30-minute Iron Man match. And WWE just didn't bring it like they should have. I mean, especially with them just coming off of a pay-per-view and going into another, getting ready to go into another one. I mean, it was just same, it was just same old, same old on all three shows. Yep. Just uh pulling a, a Hollywood, in my opinion, and just tying up loose ends on things on their sequel that just didn't make sense from the other one. It's okay, we'll just dot the aisles, cross a couple cheese. And then throw some craziness out there, and there's your show. So I agree with that as well. I think, really, the the biggest thing that stood out to me that put AEW over the top was the Kansas City crowd was obscenely hot. And out of everything else, Kenny Omega versus Pac killed it. Killed it. And a related story, Kenny Omega is also, when we come back, we'll talk about this, a part of a match that tonight killed the crowd because the crowd blew up so much that they were tired after that damn match. So yeah. we'll get to that in a moment, which uh, I thought was amazingly funny just to see that, oh, my God, if there's not a pin at this point, I'm ready to jump through the TV and just trip somebody type of thing. But uh, <laughs> we're going to go to break. We're going to interject Mr. Delonte with his segment, The Push. And then when we come back, we're going to do our final reactions to Revolution and discuss who is the pay-per-view picks wiener. And then maybe we'll also talk about that one time that James and I we're heading to this club. Oh yeah. Well, see, I just heard your uh, your your text message. So it must be Vince again saying you better not yeah, tell the story. 
Yeah, that's 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 Vince. He says he's on his way over. Yeah, to pull the alarm again. Yeah. Stop talking bad about me. So we'll be back in a moment. Stay tuned. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another installment of The Push. This is Delonte, Salon Junkies representing. And over the past several weeks, uh, we spoke about some superstars such as The Fiend, Daniel Bryant, and Seth Rollins, to name a few. Um, this week, we're going to talk about a superstar who uh, come from NXT, um, but she excelled in the WWE, uh, winning 10 uh, world ch- uh, women championships. And, uh, you know, I guess she's kind of putting her foot back into the NXT world. And that, of course, is Charlotte Flair, the daughter of the legendary 16-time world heavyweight champion Ric Flair. Now, um, you know, Charlotte, of course, as you know, us uh, real wrestling fans know, she won the Royal Rumble. Um, you know, I, 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 I think it, it makes sense um, for her to go up against uh, Rhea Ripley um, for the NXT Women's Championship. Um, because, I mean, let's, let's face it, we, we've seen her against Becky like a billion times. And then we also seen her against Bailey like a, a billion point two times. So, you know, I, I think it, it'll be a fresh take on a, a, a women's championship belt. And not only that, um, this can really give Rhea Ripley um, some exposure or as well as a boost into um, going into the main roster, which we anticipate she's going to do. Um, shortly after WrestleMania, along with uh, Bianca Belair, um, who we spoke about last week. Now, the thing that that's interesting, or I want to see how creative handle, because we don't really know which direction they're going to sway in as far as if she's going to win or if they pegging her to, like, you know, serve as that step, stepping stone for Rhea Ripley. But if she win, like... You know, are, are we going to see her on NXT programming every week, like we do Finn Balor, or is she going to win and she, or and she's going to wrestle on the main roster as well as NXT, or Rhea, uh, will Rhea Ripley win and you know she go to the main roster, but you know she probably lose it um, shortly after um, debuting debuting. On the main roster, um, yeah, it's 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 kind of sticky I, from the way how I, I've witnessed creative handle situations like this over the years. Um, it probably be like a, a quote unquote legendary match. It's already a nice build. Um, the Bianca Belair uh, insert. I I I think they should go ahead and make this a triple threat. It would make sense at this point saying as though she's fought both Ripley and Charlotte, although she's lost to both, uh, which I don't understand why, you know, kill her momentum. But we'll save that for another show. Um, Charlotte, um, I I, I think it'll probably be something where she loses. She loses and she kind of like, I'm not sure if if she's going to like, kind of like pass the torch over to Ripley. Um, because you still have uh, 
Shayna Baszler and then, you know, Ronda Rousey, she's somewhere lurking. Um, not sure when she's going to return, but I know she's definitely slated to return at some point. Um, and then you have other wrestlers, Oscar and Sasha Banks. Um, Beth Phoenix supposed to be returning, um, but, you know, th- that we will definitely talk about uh, Beth Phoenix um, within the next few weeks. Um, so be on the lookout for that. Um, but as far as Charlotte go, you know, she's, you know, won 10 uh, championships, uh, SmackDown and Raw women's combined. And, you know, I think for for her to kind of like go back, I, in, in no disrespect to NST wrestlers, um, but the, the staff, Triple H, any of them, but um, for her to win the NXT championship where I've been, you know, not only in the main roster, but one of the main women um, on the roster. Um, hmm, I want to see kind of how that plays out. But then again, uh, Goldberg, he's already in the Hall of Fame, but yet he came back and beat um, the man, you know, who, who they built up to be like unstoppable and, and it can withstand anything. So, you know, creative, man. They creative is. You know, it can be all over the place, but we'll see. Um, again, I don't, I see them having a great match at WrestleMania. Um, I do think if they add Bianca Belair to the triple threat, she'll probably wound up winning um, the NXT championship. But I think it was one-on-one. Regardless, Charlotte, she's not going to win. But I think she they're using her as like a uh, stepping stone, per se. Um, because of her stature and then her, you know, the legacy that she's built over the last few years. So we'll see. Um, this is Delonte, another installment of the push. Um, shout out to the brothers, uh, the Don and KG. And uh, yeah, everybody enjoy their weekend as well as the upcoming week. Peace. And we're back. Thank you, D, for uh, giving us that direction on the push. And now we're going to talk about the match, the pay-per-view, the show, the event, the spectacle, the technus. And by technus, I mean the wristbands that everybody was wearing. It was all glowing <laughs> and cool and synchronized and all wonderful and Disney-like. It's like, oh, it's so special. It's like we're going to see Toy Story, the uh, ice capades thing. And yeah, <laughs> we did that circus. So, Revolution today, or technically yesterday, was very interesting. We started the show with Dustin versus Jake Hager. Not the best match, in my opinion, but they got it done. They told the story. We moved past it. We jumped in after that to uh, Darby Allen versus Sammy G which had some great spots in the beginning, ended the way we expected, well, I expected to, and then we moved on from there with uh, Darby catching the win to sew up that storyline per se. From there, we went into what I alluded to earlier before we took the break, into the single match that destroyed the crowd because they were so invested in it that they were tired as hell. They gave them a full-time Got that on Japanese style, indie style job 
that the, 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 the hot crowd had to deal with being Kenny Omega and Hangman Page versus the Young Bucks. I stopped counting after 16 finishers that were kicked out of. That match was and crazy. That, and, it really, and, and, it, and it messed me up when Adam Page pulled out the one-winged angel. Yeah, <laughs> for the kick out. And at yeah, one for point, the kick out. I thought they were going to turn the Young Bucks heel. I'm like, are we getting a heel turn? Are we playing around with that? Is that are we going to commit to that? And that's how they win. So they become a heel, which gives us a storyline, which breaks up the elite. Hangman Page is like, see, Kenny, I told you, man, take this drink because that's how the elite is. You could be starting to build something MJF Cody Rhodes style in a tag division that would stretch it out and give us that storyline that we need to follow on the tag side. But it didn't happen. Probably because they were tired as hell, too. I mean, that was a long, grueling, amazing match. Should have been the yeah, should have came after Jericho and Mox because you destroyed the crowd. Because the only, the next match after that, I know they were in the back behind a curtain watching. And the first thing is Nala Rose. I'm thinking is I got to follow that. And Statlander would have touched her like we got a problem because you can tell that mentally Nala. And Statlander were not in it. It was too yeah, many spots. It didn't. The, the crowd was man. tired, so they weren't energized enough to be invested in it. So now, if you intentionally put that match there because you knew they were going to just destroy it before that match, you kind of set the women up for failure. It'd have been better to throw in Cody and MJF and then do the women so that way you're not burying them because the crowd is just, I was worn out watching it, marking out on every high spot and flipping this and that and then no selling and kicking out. I'm like, oh my God. So if I'm watching it at home, I know the energy there was just depleted and their match was a reflection of that. But either way, Nala kept the kept the uh, the AEW championship. That's that. MJF be Cody. Tell me how you felt about uh, MJF getting the win. I kind of expect. I kind of expected it because they're gonna. You what? You hate MJF? No, I didn't pick. I picked Cody to win because I, I was just going for the the balance and the nostalgic of it for just to put the stamp on that and then move forward for something else. For Cody is what I was thinking, but I'm not nah. mad that MJF won. This is this is one of their main storylines. They're not going to get rid of this match anytime soon. They're gonna they're gonna they're gonna probably have a few more matches, and it's gonna end up with something crazy because they've already used the cage. So they're gonna have to come up with something real crazy to end this storyline and have them move on from each other because. I don't see this. I don't see this ending anytime soon. Now, I was secretly hoping that Brandy would heel turn. I know I talked about that last week, but I was thinking Arn was going to turn. Uh, oh shoot, we would hope Arn would turn, but that took a little bit too much. 
like really no, nah, because they set up for it. Yeah, they, they set did. it up. They set well, it up they... when when Cody mistakenly hit him with the foot with the boot. All 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 they had to do was uh, turn on, have him trip him up or something to give to help uh, MJF with the win. But but you know, they didn't it didn't work out. They didn't they didn't do it. They didn't pull the trigger on it. Yeah. So we we were out of that either way. But still a great match. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I think it was a, still a great payoff. It told a great story for the build that we had coming off of all the heat from the 10 lashes that we had, the the Wardlow cage match, and, and everything that, that built from all of those two instances. I thought it was a great match and left more to come. So, like I said, I wasn't mad with MJF winning. I didn't pick him. I was mad that I didn't pick that side of the street. I'll tell you why in a second. But uh, I was still happy with that. So going from there to our main event. Now, the entrant, well, the, the, the hype-up entrance, I was I marked out to that. I, I, I wish I could say what her Twitter handle is, but I don't know if you saw that. I don't think I forwarded that to you. But she did one of those, um, the black lady, she did one of those, uh, we had, the I would just call it a Brady Bunch musical type setup where you have eight different versions of you singing a different part of the song. And then you have the one large screen of you singing the main part. So she made the melodies and the harmony and all that stuff on her own for Judas. And then it was her singing the song. So... Chris Jericho actually loved it, retweeted it to uh, the people in um, Fozzie, as well as, I think, uh, the, the ones that run the label. And somehow, as we saw tonight in the back channels, she got to perform that a cappella version of Judas with uh, a supporting choir and killed it. The yeah, fans, was, I think the bulk of the like fans that. did not... They, their minds were blown, so they were like, what are we hearing, and this is amazing. So they weren't singing along with the song because they enjoyed the performance, at least is what I was getting out of it so much. Now, I was marking out. I was marking out because I was like, oh, my God, she not only did this, she got a check. Not too many. I mean, most of the time you see people do those on different songs and put them on YouTube, and it gets you know shared on Facebook or whatever, and they're just like, oh, that's really cool, but – she is the first one that I've seen that's done that, that got on a pay-per-view. So she got a free flight. They found her some backup singers. She got rehearsals. She got to be Jericho. She probably got free merch. She got paid. You know, that's that's serious. And who knows what that could parlay to if the, the label um, itself says, hey, you did this great job with, with Jericho and Fozzie. We were going to go and pick you up. Who knows what could happen? But that was amazing, man. I was excited for that. And then the crowd just went straight into Judas and, and took it to the next level. So back to back between Kansas City and then what we had in Chicago, I was happy with the entrance. Mox was Mox. How did you feel about Cody's entrance? Because Cody had the band that did, that does his song. I, I don't think they rehearsed it enough. No, no, no. That was the actual band that does the yeah, song. 
I know, but I'm saying I don't think they rehearsed enough because the vocals were kind of off. It didn't sound right. And I don't know if that's because of the feed I was listening to, but it didn't sound like the song in reference to the timing and the cadence of everything as Cody's coming out and, and everything is happening until the end. Now, that's so, the difference between a studio singer and an yep. actual singer. Yep. Because so, every, so, that, so when, you heard, when you hear that song on there, they did that in the studio. They had all the help from the mixing boards and mm-hmm. the microphones, all that stuff. And when it came down to him doing it live, even though he was singing over the actual track, but the, the, the track wasn't balanced enough to, between his audio and that to where it was seamless, like like it would be if it was a non-lip singing Mariah Carey at the moment, uh, you know that that type of thing. So it was like big props to our truth on that level, you know that's what it should have been when he comes down truth and he's doing what's up, it's spot on clean every single time. I've never seen him do a bad what's up. Honestly. And he's been singing the and same song for what, 15 years? Even in the beginning. I mean, and that when he would come off the dome with something fresh, but have you ever seen it to where it just didn't sound good? I mean, it sounds the same every time. You're right. Yeah. But I still give him props. I just think that they could have ran through that a couple more times just to make sure it was sharp enough. Maybe they were nervous because the lead vocals was a little off and then the background vocals was a little off. So it just didn't blend. So I didn't get the, when I see Cody come out, the first thing that, that ticks me off is that when you hear the, there's more than one great family in wrestling or however that line goes. And then the music kicks in, you know, when your eyes are closed, you can see, the, the camp well for me I see the camera coming in swooping down and then you know Cody's coming out of the smoke and then he walks down and does he then he does all his Codyisms leading all the way up until he gets to the ring I know it was a shorter ramp but at the same time you know like I'm looking at the whole treatment so that's what I'm looking for as if I was going to create that entrance in a video game how would it go what was the timing be etc and why so, did he get that tattoo on his neck that's real. I understand yeah, everybody uh, wearing a. The, just, I know it's. I know. I know. I knew after the first five minutes that it was real. Yeah. But yeah, I'm now I'm like, any, why? Yeah. That's one of those you look at branding like for real. You didn't. <laughs> you let come, him do that. And it's not even like that's wife, like sister, for real. You co-signed on that, the branding, really? Really? Is is you just taking a check that big? That's like whatever. <laughs> really? Nobody. Okay. All the pressure. All the places do, he could have put that tat, he put it on it, his neck. Exactly. That should have been a. I mean, dream is sacred on the chest. I got it right above the heart. But that should have been a shoulder tat or well, something that's where to start the sleeve. That's where the dream tat is. So he can't do that. That's what I'm saying. That's sacred. So that that that's right over there above the heart. That's where that stays. That is perfect. You can't ask for anything better than that. When he debuted it. And WWE, I mean, you know, almost shed a tear, man. I was like, you couldn't pay homage to your dad any greater than that right there, showing your love. That one word, that's all you need to say. But this tat for the Nightmare Family, yeah, Brandy should have just jack-smacked the hell out of him. 
like like smack the lisp back into him. That's how hard that smack would have been. Like, fool, if you don't move that off your neck, you're going to mess with our paycheck. Your name is Cody Rose, not Lil Wayne, not Post Malone. <laughs> Do you see John Cena with hustle, loyalty, and respect on his neck? No. Do you see John Cena with a tattoo? No, exactly. But you can go ahead and have 50,000 t-shirts, so. Of every color of the rainbow. <laughs> like John Cena. Mm, yeah, Mr. Ray, Mr. Fruity Pebbles. Mm-hmm. So, Jericho. Moxley. Match wasn't too bad at all. The expected happened with Moxley's eye being good. Because I'm like, how long are they going to keep this patch thing going? We know, yeah, we know it's good. Moxley is our new AEW champion. Not mad at it. We all picked Jericho to win. I would have preferred it, especially knowing that they're ripping or kind of taking the idea of war games. I wouldn't say ripping off because technically it was a WCW thing, blah, 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 blah. But it was a death, and it was a dusty concept. Yep. So war games in itself. We'll see what the rules are going to be because I know they're going to do different rules. It may be not one person enters. It may be everybody is in the ring at the same time and it starts and maybe everybody has to escape. Yeah, they'll probably they're, so they'll, being they'll tweak that, that. Being that being that being that the if I'm not mistaken, WWE didn't do the copyright on or didn't take the copyright for the match beyond. So I'm thinking that they're going to call it the match beyond. And they just, like you said, they're going to have everybody come in at once. And whoever gets the pin after a certain amount, after, after a certain amount of time ends up getting the win. No, probably just they're eliminated. So that one person is out. Oh, so so you think it's going to be an elimination match? Yeah. So it could end up being kind of like, kind of like survivor series. Yeah. But just in the cage. So the only team that did that kind of in reverse in that aspect was this past uh, NXT TakeOver War Games where um, Rhea was outnumbered, but she ended up winning. But other than that, everything else worked as traditional until the match ended and there was a pinfall, but everybody was in the ring. But I think if I was going to do the treatment for it, I would have two entrances so you would have one team come one way, one team come the other way, and they enter in on opposite ends of the dual cage. So it's not, okay, you get over there type of thing into ring two, and then you got to wait for the other one to come in, and then you'll have the match. They're entering in different ways, so they can still alternate and each individual do their entrances. And then it's pinfall, submission, and when you're pinned or you submit it, you have to exit. That doesn't mean they're going to exit right away because they may do a couple of cheap shots or whatever it's going to be. But then it's going to whittle down like Survivor Series to four on one, three on one, two on one type of scenario. So we know I can see that the the um, inner circle is going to be on one side. The question is, who is Moxley going to have with him and his? I would probably say Luchasaurus would make sense with. Moxley, Darby Allen. I wouldn't mind seeing Pac. They don't have to agree. They don't have to like each other. 
but for ferocity, Pac should he deserves to be in that match. And then I wouldn't mind seeing Orange Cassidy in that match. Just because you're going to tune in to see Orange Cassidy, Steel Cage, up top. He's going to jump off on land on people with the, uh, the dead man jump or whatever he's going to do. It's just a spectacle to see. Nah, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to do it in a way that it's gonna be against folks that they're dealing with. So that's the only well, that's what they usually be, do. It, so yeah, it would but be WWE so it would be usually Cody, but it would be I'm telling you, it's gonna be Cody, Dustin, and the Young Bucks. I wouldn't want to see that. Because Jericho's, if you draw the line, the only two that have to have the beef in there is Jericho and Mox. Because the match is so close, we talk to the 25th of March, that's, you know, a hop, skip, and a jump. So that's four right. shows on Dynamite. So those two have to be there. So there's no need for, Co- for Cody to be in there because they haven't built anything up with Jericho. You know, it's still MJF. Unless... You don't make it a full inner circle. It's Jericho, MJF, which would be Mox, and Cody. You could also do Young Bucks and Lucha Bros. I'd be cool with no, that. No, because they, because they, well, Lucha Bros is already set up, already set up the night with um, best friends. Yeah, but that's something you could end really quick. That's just a, a dynamite match. Uh, that's gonna go into. That's gonna go into the next. That's gonna go into March. That's a long stretch right there because there's only two Lucha Brothers. What are we gonna do with Orange Cassidy? Orange Cassidy wouldn't wouldn't have anything to do with. He'd be on the outside like he always is. That's that's what I'm saying. Why not put him in a cage? So oh, if you if you do Orange Cassidy with um with Mox and Cody, that would put Pac. And with Jericho and MJF, I think they need to really dice this up so that way it's not what we expect, which is traditional four on four, this group versus this group, faction versus faction, friends versus friends, or in other words, the elite versus the inner circle. That would be just typical. I wouldn't tune in for that. It's it's whatever. I wouldn't pay for it because it's whatever. I could just catch the information on Twitter. But if you mixed it up a little bit and you have different personalities in that are going to brawl in their own individual storylines, you're going to have spots in every single corner of those double cages based off of each individual interaction and storyline scenario. So you've got high flying from Pac and, and Orange Cassidy on one side. You've got the super brawl B from Mox and Jericho on the other side. You've got Cody and MJF just working the entire thing, and then it's whoever else would be the last two. That's a lot of chaos in a double cage, and it, then it has to get whittled down. So let's say Pac is the first one eliminated. You, he's eliminated by Cody. You just start a new beef. Got a new storyline for you moving from that. We're good. That'll take us to the next pay-per-view because we know how Pac is. Only one probably who wouldn't have an active beef would be Orange Cassidy because he just put his hands in his pocket. I'd make him the last man standing. Why not? But maybe that's just me. 
Yeah, that's just you. We'll see. Nobody, nobody likes you, James. Yeah. <laughs> nobody has to. You don't have. How, you, don't, you don't have to like me, but you gotta respect me. No, I thought you were gonna say bite me. You have to like me, so bite <laughs> me. I'm like, all right, Bischoff. So, how did you feel about two things? And then we're gonna talk about the momentous situation that has happened in reference to our dual pick week. How did you feel about the appearance of Colt Cabana, since we didn't get CM Punk, and Moxley winning the championship? Colt Cabana? Where did Colt Cabana come in? Did you not see, were you not watching the pre-show? No, I didn't get to watch the pre-show. Oh, man, yeah. We had a, a nice little uh, Colt Cabana run-in doing that. I believe it was the, uh, the uh, Dustin and Jake Hager scenario when other people were coming in and fighting and all that. Colt Cabana showed up and uh, put his two cents in there and helped out along with uh, the Young Bucks, if I remember correctly. See, so, yeah. here's the thing. Okay, so when I, 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 told, I was watching what was on YouTube, I didn't realize that there was an actual pre-show. Yeah, so, so you were watching the, the YouTube, YouTube, yeah, YouTube the, the tape stuff. Thing. I thought that yeah. was the free show. No, but, no. Okay. I, so, no, yeah. I didn't see that. That okay. started 30 so minutes Michael before. Family showed up at AEW. Okay. Mm. That kind of makes sense because Colt Cabana is not part of the New Japan Cup. And his run pretty much in Japan should be pretty much, should be over. Because they got nothing else to do with him. Um, I'm well, he was supposed to be in a uh match for the never open weight six man championships, but being that they have canceled all of their shows from the first to the 15th because of the coronavirus in Japan, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe he did. I can see him coming that. I can see him coming over, you know, just to get out of Japan, A, and B, to give him something to do. So, yeah, okay. Interesting that he would show up in AEW. Yeah, I was shocked, too. Was, he came out, had some music, and like, Cole Cabana? Really? The crowd was, was shocked. They hit the yeah, Boom he... Boom Cole Cabana song? Oh, no, not that one, but it, I mean, he just had some music. That, that he came out to, so I was like, okay. Okay, well, hell. So, what about uh, Mox? You think it was too soon to take the belt off Jericho? Nah, he's had it long enough. Plus, it'll give him a, plus it'll, you know, build up their storyline, giving, giving him, you know, because he, he doesn't necessarily need the belt. He's good with it, but he doesn't necessarily need it. So for him to go after it again, you know, that would that would that would be a good look for him. Yeah. I agree with that. Speaking of agreeance, last pay-per-view pick, we were tied. This time we had two shows. Two shows worth of picks. And would you like to guess who was the biggest wiener, James? Take a wild guess. I got to say that I think I lo- I missed a lot of stuff, a lot of matches. So 
I'm going to say KG. You're wrong. And you're right at the same time. In an unprecedented, never-before-seen-and-happened opportunity here at the WrestleManiacs on the mothership, somehow, with two shows, our crazy behinds have tied again. What? Yeah. How? Because some of the damn matches we picked together, everybody picked the same person. So either the ones that would have made the decision, we lost, or we won. So we didn't, nobody gained enough ground based off of the one-off picks, so it literally evened out. And the, the, then they swerved us on Super Showdown with um, The Undertaker. So if Rusev would have came out, then KG would have won if he would have won that. Or if Rey Mysterio would have won, then KG would have won that. I would have just gave it to him because that was Rusev's spot. But Undertaker, that ruined that whole thing. So that was that one, his one opportunity. Everything else, even with the Intercontinental thrown in there um, from Nakamura and Braun, it, we all picked Braun. So when we lost, we lost together for the most part. When we won, we won together. Or two people picked and it just balanced out that we freaking tied with two shows worth of picks. Wow. Yeah. And then the matches and then the matches that came last minute we didn't pick. We didn't on. even know about. Yeah. So it was like, well, we're just gonna let that ride because there's no way. I figured with uh revolution, somebody would come out with just one extra. But as we started getting deeper, we all picked Jericho. So I was like, Well, I'll be damned. That ended wow. that right there. That that sealed the deal right there. So, so with KG being out and well, we'll have a show before we'll have a show before um Elimination Chamber, right? Oh yeah, we'll, we'll have a, a pre EC show. We'll have uh what do you call it? Blood and truth, blood and guts, uh AEW shows. So we'll we'll have more opportunities to where hopefully somebody will be the big wiener. Because right now, it's a sword fest. Because everybody's a wiener. It's just not working for me. Not working for me at all. It's like a bad dream where all you wake up is just a bunch of dudes in a room with lightsabers. And by lightsabers, I really mean lightsabers. I'm not talking about dreaming about a bunch of dudes in a room the other way. I'm talking about lightsabers that mm -hmm. light up. And you hear Duel of the Fates and you see Darth Vader running around. That type of lightsaber. Right. Nobody wants it. to have that dream. Right. But congratulations, coming in as uh, the third man, like Hogan. You have actually upped the ante to where now we really have to think about what the the creative is going to be for somebody to actually win the daggone picks. So this <laughs> makes me undefeated. I'm o o and two. <laughs> yes. Uh, and and Bianca Belair terms, you are undefeated. Right. But on also on 
Bianca Belair terms, you know you don't even go here. <laughs> oh, I go here. Oh, yeah, that's the problem. I'm the now, face that runs the place. Really? Well, obviously, yes. Vince is the face that runs the place because he shut down a quarter of your audio this show with uh, pulling the fire alarm. Yeah, well, he's, he ain't showed up here yet, so he know better than to knock on my door. Yeah, I may have to send a nasty tweet out to uh, the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, and Hangman Page because from all that marking out I did on their daggone match, we got to try to get my voice back. It's like, I hate y'all. Dang it. Can't cheer and go nuts and all this other craziness. 17 daggone, 17 plus finishing moves. And oh, God dang, man. It's like the longest episode of or, or, or game of Mortal Kombat ever. Or you finish him. <laughs> nah, we're just joking. He got up. Like, what? Are you serious? Like, that would have killed somebody. I was waiting for Jim Ross to yell he killed him for real. But I guess he figured contractually he couldn't say that. But he could have, because I thought they killed Paige a couple times. I don't even know how Kenny Omega is still walking around coming off of his match with Pac. I was like, oh, my God. Like, And if you notice, they added padding to the ring this time that it had some substance this week on Dynamite. Because the other ring padding wasn't at the level that they added. They knew these fools were going to damn near kill themselves. And that's pretty much what they did. So, we've covered a lot coming uh, off the heels of Revolution. We talked about our reactions on Super Showdown. We determined that AEW in one show was strong enough to beat out three combined shows of the WWE for this week. Then, uh, Revolution came, went. We were excited, as you can hear, losing voices and... James is pretty much getting burnt out of his uh, current dwelling. <laughs> Everybody's a weeder because we all evened out for the second pay-per-view series in a row. Everybody is even. So that KG is probably going to be happy that he wasn't a loser. But he's also a weener. Get well, KG. He probably, uh, no, I can't tell a coronavirus joke because that'd be bad. So he probably, that would be bad, yeah. <laughs> too soon. So he, he probably is out there just, you know, it's too cold out there in DC to be stalking people at their houses and stuff, trying to find wrestlers and, and divas' houses. And you can't do that, man. You can't do that. So that's uh, another show in the book, Sir James. Yeah. Sumo has come, he's seen, and now we gotta kick him out the door. Yeah, I gotta go see what got burned up down the hall. Sure, probably half the place. Well, it was, that on was that, probably, as long as it was that half, it's all good. Well, ask him, did Kane start the fire? That's the first thing you say. Because if Kane started the fire, somebody's mama's dead. If it wasn't, <laughs> if it wasn't Kane. Everybody's okay. That's pretty much how that's going to go down. Just wanted to put nah, that out there to you. Nah, you, you, that, that, that was just as bad as you saying something about the coronavirus. Dang it. Well, I was going to brighten it <clears> up <throat> with, if it really was Kane, then you say, hey, don't worry, kid. At the end of the day, you're going to be mayor. <laughs> 
See, that's a silver lining right there. Okay. Yes. It's time to go. You're delirious now. Probably. Yeah, it's, it's late. You need to go to bed. Probably, but we'll, we'll yeah. work around that. So this is the normal time where KG would, well, we would throw to KG for him to tell all the places that you can hear us on your phones, your tablets, and your computers. So we know Anchor is always and Spotify's and, and Apple things and um, coconuts and, and carrier pigeons and pretty much everywhere else that you can hear a podcast. You will Just find put in sidelines. Put in sideline junkies in Google and you'll find all of them. Yep. And then now that there's three of us, at some point in 2020, I'm declaring it now, speaking into existence, we will have the official Naked Show. The what? The Naked Show. We never got to do it last year. The Naked Show. Yeah. Where everybody on the podcast is naked. It doesn't matter, but it's just the principle of the thing. It's it's a gimmick show. I think it'd be awesome. Yeah, you would. Hey, hey man, what you wearing today? Nothing. It's a naked show. Like you're absolutely right, because I'm bucket naked. <laughs> let's let's talk about wrestling. No. See, you're such a hater, man. No. God, we're gonna have to revisit this James thing, man. We want to do the naked show. KG was all for it. Hey, I bet he was. Hey, you come being a Debbie Downer. <laughs> Every time, man. I'm glad you play your role upright. Like, you got one job be Debbie Downer. Yes. I am the I'm voice gonna... of reason. That's why y'all brought me in, because I'm, I'm the voice of reason. Y'all no, been. We, we brought you in been... because there was like this whole, like, we got a little section in the studios, like, well. What are we going to do over there? I don't know. We could put some furniture there. Nah, just put James over there. Like, okay, that works. Y'all been loose cannons for a long time. Y'all need somebody to rein y'all in. That's why, I, that's why I'm here. I appreciate you doing that for us, Paul Heyman. So, once again, we came, we saw, we talked craziness. I only told one and a half James stories this week. So, that means that I'm under quota. <laughs> What'd you say? Which was three too many. Yeah, don't worry about it. I'm under quota. So next week, I guarantee everybody seven James stories throughout the course of the show. That's my challenge. I'm sticking to it. Lucky number seven. I'm going to make it happen for you guys and gals just because I care about you. The about say WWE Universe. <laughs> uh, or no, AEW I heard Universe. Wait for it. I heard I saw I, I heard it coming. I was <laughs> Oh man. I, I guess I could, if nothing else, uh send you guys off with a cheap pop right here on the WrestleManiacs. Cheap pop. There you go. Because I don't know where you are. That's the best I could do. So thank you guys for listening to us as always. Apologize for my uh, voice not being as sexy. Hopefully KG will get himself back together um, and, and take some Robitussin and everything else he needs. So next week he can join us and then maybe we'll be nice to him. Maybe not. It all depends. You know, he gets a little honorary sometimes. James is already honorary and I'm awesome. So nothing else. We will talk to you guys and gals and crazy people and aliens 
next week. Have a great first week of March. That's a scary thought. 30 yeah. days away from WrestleMania almost. So four weeks to WrestleMania, basically. Be prepared. This has been another Sideline Junkies production. Sponsored by Anchor FM. For any questions, comments, or even if you have a show ID, you can always email the fellas, sidelinejunkies247 at gmail.com. Junkies out.